Now today we're going to jump into a new series called Central. Called Central. We're going to spend the next number of weeks, and there's going to be a few interruptions in there, because in two weeks we've got Mother's Day, so we'll have a special Mother's Day message, and then uh, at the end of May, come Memorial Day weekend, we've got a missionary guest who's going to be coming and sharing with us. But over the next uh, number of weeks, we're going to be going through the book of Galatians. We're going to spend some time looking through the book of Galatians and kind of going chapter by chapter through the book of Galatians. And the, the series is called Central, and we're going to be looking at kind of the central core faith of the gospel. And that, that's, that's simply why it's called Central. Just going through the central core faith of the gospel. And so, just curious, by show of hands, how many of you have read the whole book of Galatians from beginning to end? Right? Yeah, so many of us in here have read the book of Galatians from beginning to end. It's not a very long book. It's a pretty short book. It's in the Old Testament, right? Right after Genesis. No, no, no. It, it, it's in the New Testament. I just, I just checked and just, just throwing that out there. No, it, um, it, it's a great opportunity. I want to encourage you, if you haven't read through it, or maybe it's been a little while since you've read through the book of Galatians, as always, when, when we're, we're going through a book together or we're going through a series together as a church, it's great for you in your personal reading time. I want to encourage you to read through whatever we may be going through uh, on Sunday morning, to go through it in your personal reading time. So I'd encourage you over this next month or so to go through the book of Galatians, to spend some time reading through it and just refreshing it in your personal reading time as well. And so it's a great time as we go through as a church and as and our community groups during the week will be going through um, this series as well. And so just to refresh and to look at the book of Galatians. So the book of Galatians is what? It's actually a letter, right? The Apostle Paul was writing a letter to the Galatians, to the church there. And so it's only six chapters long. So this series is going to be how many weeks long? Six weeks. We're going to take one week to look at each chapter of the book in Galatians. So it only would take it only take you about fifteen to twenty minutes to read the whole book. It wouldn't take you a whole. Uh, it wouldn't take you too long to read through the book of Galatians. Many of us could do it in one sitting. Maybe if you have problems sitting for too long, it might take you two. Maybe if you really struggle, it might take you three sittings. Um, but it doesn't take you very long to read through the book of Galatians. So as I said, I encourage you to read through it as we go throughout this series. So the goal of this series is to understand what the Apostle Paul was trying to communicate to the church about 2,000 years ago when the church was first starting and see how it applies to us now today, 2,000 years later. So Paul wrote this about 2,000 years ago, and now I want to see how it relates to us today here in Chisholm in 2019. So the first question I want to ask you, what is your life centered around? What is your life centered around? What is your life centered around? Right? It's the very first question that I want to get us started with. What is your life centered around? Look at your day-to-day -day decisions from the time that you wake up in the morning to the time that you lay your head down on the pillow at night, ask yourself the question, what is my life centered around? What do I spend my time doing? Look at your day-to-day -day decisions. Some people might say, well, I'm a Christian. I love God. I'm on hashtag Team Jesus, right? 
But when you look at their day-to-day lives, it doesn't quite add up. The way that they carry themselves, the way that they live their day-to-day life, it doesn't quite add up. The actions don't quite equal what they're saying. Right? How many of you are on social media? Right? Many of us in, in the younger generation are on social media. Right? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. I have many of those things minus Snapchat. It's not my favorite of the social media platforms. But I love social media because I can stay connected to people that I don't have the opportunity to see all the time. It gives me an opportunity to stay connected to some of my old college classmates and and high school classmates and and people that have just moved away and that I don't have the opportunity to physically be around, but I can stay connected with them somewhat through social media and different avenues like that. But let's take, for example, Instagram. Instagram is interesting because you can go to someone's profile page and you see their username, And underneath someone's username in their profile picture, there's a section where a person can create a bio for themselves. You can basically create a bio that you can describe yourself, where you can say, this is who I am. You have a little spot where you have 140 characters to describe yourself, 140 letters to describe who you are as a person. And a lot of people will take advantage of that and, and they'll describe themselves. They'll say things like, I'm hashtag God first, hashtag King Jesus, hashtag Christian. People will do these things. And literally I'm looking at her like, Bethany's shaking her head. She's like, yeah, it's a real thing. People do these kind of things. But if you're to stroll then down a little bit further, you can begin to see people's pictures in their videos that they actually post on their account. And you sometimes become confused and you go, well, but wait. The pictures and videos that they post on their account don't quite match up with what they had put in their bio of saying God first and I'm a Christian and Team Jesus. It doesn't add up. The pictures and videos and what they put in their bio don't quite mesh. Having hashtag Team Jesus in your bio and posting a meme that has profanity in it don't quite Correlate, right? They don't add up with one another. Having hashtag I love God in your bio and commenting on someone's picture with disrespect doesn't quite add up. Having hashtag God first in your bio and posting uh, inappropriate pictures of yourself on your account doesn't add up. If someone says that his or her life is centered on God, then his or hers post should say should show that. It should actually point people towards who God is. So that's why I ask yourself, what is your life centered around? Because we can say all we want, that our life is centered around Christ. But when we actually sit there and we go, well, what does my life actually look like? What does it look like from the time I get up to the time I go to bed? What does it look like on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday when I'm not in church on Sunday or Wednesday? What does it look like outside of these four walls? Does it add up? Is it consistent? Have you ever been lied to or scammed before? How many of you have ever been scammed or lied to, right? You you got convinced of, of something and it turned out that it wasn't that, right? 
That's one of the worst feelings in the world, right? Being scammed or lied to is one of the worst feelings in the whole world. I want to show you a quick video this morning that was a social experiment by a YouTuber named Joey Salas. And he did this as an experiment to show how easy it is for people to be scammed, and in particular, how gullible children can be. Go ahead, Steve. realized is a lot of times children would come over to the truck with no adult supervision. So I'm going to put it to the test today to see how easy it could be to abduct a child using ice cream. What's up? I get you. Vanilla? Um, I got like a lot of vanilla in the freezer. You want to give it for free? You got to come in now. Just so you know, the parents all knew that was going to happen. 
in that video. The parents knew that was going to happen. The kids didn't know. The parents knew. And so it wasn't like that. That was, that was set up in a way that the video was made appropriately in that video, just so you know. But he made this video just to show how gullible some children are. And if they are gullible, they can put themselves in serious danger. Right? Any of us who have children, little siblings, little cousins, after watching this video, it makes you think about their vulnerability. About how those who we think have kids in the video, sometimes they go, really? Like, how, how silly could they be to go inside of that truck, right? We tell people, don't ever go with strangers, right? Don't ever go any place that you know is not our house, or don't go somewhere that we haven't. We, we tell you where to go, and we tell you where not to go. But sometimes we just see things that seem so good, and we can't say no to them, right? Sometimes things are put in front of us that just seem too good. Well, let's just say that we can all be duped, right? We can all be lied to. We can all be scammed into trusting people at different times. The kids in the video trusted the adult because they assumed that he was safe and that he was not out there to hurt them. Now, when Paul was writing to the Galatians, he wrote to a church and he addressed many topics. But the main topic in the passage and the main theme we're going to be going through in the series, as I said, is the gospel. The central topic is the gospel. The gospel message is simply this. That God created the world, and he placed men and women in it to live forever, right? But Adam and Eve sinned against God, and people were now separated from God because of sin. People deserve the penalty for their sin, which is what? It's death and separation from God. But Jesus, who was born without sin, who lived without sin, died and rose again as a sacrifice for all mankind, to pay the penalty for our sin, right? Jesus came to the earth to be Savior, to restore mankind back to God once again, right? Because why? We're all born in sin, right? It tells us in Romans that you and I, we're all born into sin. We, we will all mess up. We're all doomed for hell. But Jesus came, Jesus died, he rose from there, right? That's what we celebrated last week with Easter, the resurrection story. That Jesus has saved us all. And when we come into relationship with him, we have been restored. We've been redeemed. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We put our faith in God through Jesus Christ. And we believe that he paid the penalty for our sins. We know we are no longer headed for hell, but eternity forever with God in heaven. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you've responded to the gospel, right, we've been born again, we've been given a new life, and the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of us. The Apostle Paul committed his life to preach the message of the gospel to everyone. That, that was the Apostle Paul's mission in life. He said, I'm going to go and I'm going to preach the gospel message to everyone. That, that was his mission in life. He went on a journey to different regions throughout the world, to different places, to different towns, meeting with anyone and everyone, meeting with leaders, and establishing and planting many new churches throughout his time. Paul opens his letter to the Galatians to address the crisis. And this is what he says. He says, there were many members of the Galatian church who stopped following the true gospel and began to follow false teachings. We're going to open up the book of Galatians and see specifically what Paul had to say. So in Galatians chapter 1, if you have your Bible, 
Again, feel free to open there. Otherwise, as always, it will be on the screen behind me as well. We're going to pick it up at verse number 6. This is what Paul says in his address to the Galatians. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Right? Think about that for a moment. Paul did not live an easy life. Right? When we read through the accounts of Scripture, and we, we look at Paul's life, we get a context for everything Paul went through. Right? He went through shipwreck, and, and Paul, was, Paul was basically hated by almost every group of people he came by. His own people, everyone else. Paul was not really accepted by many people. Everywhere he went, people disliked Paul. Paul lived a difficult life, and he says, if I were trying to please man, that obviously wouldn't be the case. I'm, it's because I am a servant of Christ. That is why I believe what I believe. So in this passage, Paul is basically saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe you've turned away from the one true gospel. The one true gospel. You're following another gospel. He's saying, there really isn't even such thing as another gospel. Because there is only one true gospel. But you've fallen into some other teaching. Some other type of teaching. And you're following this false version of a gospel. You've been duped. You've been scammed. You've fallen into something that's not true. That's what he's saying. You've been scammed into a false teaching. Want to know how people turn away from the truth and they follow a lie? How does that happen? How does it happen that a church like those in, 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 in the Galatian church, how does that happen? How do they fall away from the truth of, of, of the gospel message? Well, some will be led to listen to someone else who says comments like this. People will say things like, Hey, I see you follow Jesus, and you go to church and all that, but I have a book for you to read, and I think it's going to really open your eyes. Right? Or they say something like this, Hey, I see you follow Jesus, and you go to church and all that, but I want to forward you an article that says there is something else you might want to do to find the true way. Or people say something like this, hey, you're all religious and all that, but I have a YouTube video to send you that will cause you to see something that you're missing. People make comments like that. They start it with this caveat of like, hey, I know you go to church, and I know maybe even you believe in Jesus, but there's something that's missing. But there's something that you need to add on. But... Your eyes aren't quite all the way open to the full truth of it all. 
Right? That's how, because why? Because man likes to add things onto it. That's how people get duped into the false teachings. And that's what happened here with the Galatian church. There are many people out there who claim to be followers of Jesus, many who are false believers, and will lure true believers into the, their false teachings. Kind of like the kids in the video who walked into the ice cream truck. They were completely oblivious to being scammed in that video. And Paul was seeing this crisis. He's like, the Galatian church doesn't realize they're being scammed. They don't realize they're falling away from the true gospel. And he's writing them to warn them and say, hey guys, you're falling away from the true gospel. You guys are being led astray. You don't realize it. But you're being led away from the true gospel. You're falling away from what God is asking and the, tr the true message of Jesus Christ. I've got an example for you this morning. Some of you might go, man, this is a far stretch. This is a far illustration this morning. But in our culture today, with how truly gospel illiterate many people are, I don't believe it is. There are many Mormon churches in our country today. They're all over the place. And there are many naive Christians or there are many people who, who may be interested in, in, in the idea of becoming a Christian who don't maybe fully understand the gospel or they just know of the name of Jesus Christ. And so they would assume that a building that has the name on it, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, may walk into that building and believe that it is a great place to learn about the faith in Jesus Christ. However, right, we know that Mormons are the exact example of a teaching that Paul is talking about here. A false teaching. A teaching that is not the true gospel, but a gospel that is paired off of the true gospel. A gospel that at one point came out of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but fell away from that, right? Because here are some of the things that the Mormons believe. The Mormons teach that the Book of Mormon is more correct than the Bible. The Mormons teach that Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers from the same mother. Mormons teach that God literally slept with Mary to give birth to Jesus. The Mormons teach that God used to be a man on another planet. The Mormons teach that the gospel has been lost on earth, and Mormonism is the true restoration of it. Right, that, that's what happens is these false teachings, they, they begin to add things to it, and all of a sudden people begin to fall into them. They get duped into believing them as true. Now, if all this seems silly to you, just know that we have many people in all walks of life to share the true gospel with. But there are some who will listen to these teachings from gifted teachers and follow right into the ice cream truck. And Paul would say, I'm astonished. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So what is God telling us? What, what do we learn from this passage? What do we take away from Galatians chapter 1 here? First thing, number one, there are different Gospels that are not the true Gospel. There are different stories that are not the true gospel. Remember, we said the gospel is what the gospel is, the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ 
saves those who were totally lost, who were dead in their sin, but have been redeemed because of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. He saves them, and God, Jesus, receives all the glory and honor because of it. The different Gospels are not the good news. They are not about salvation. They are just full of confusion. Any other Gospel brought to you by someone else that says, consider them accursed. Consider them accursed, it tells us. If someone comes to you with another Gospel, a book, an article, an argument, and says, we are to consider them accursed, Paul uses a strong word here to describe these people. It doesn't say be mean to them. It doesn't say be mean, it doesn't say disrespect them. But it says here, it tells us then, it says, but we should not consider them to be wise among us in their understanding of Christianity. That's what it tells us. It says, don't seek our counsel from them. Don't seek our, our advice from them when it comes to our, our faith in Christianity. Don't, don't, don't go up to them and say, hey, I've got this, this question of, about my faith. Would you help me with this? Those are not the individuals we ought to be going to for those kind of questions and advice. So what should we do? First and foremost, number one, respond to the gospel. Ask yourself the question, have I in my personal life actually responded to the gospel message? The way you respond to the gospel is to realize that God is real, and that he created you, and you're a sinner who sinned against him, and that you need to be saved from your sin, and that, that can only happen through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When Peter preached to the thousands of people after Jesus was resurrected, and he left the mission of the church to be led by the apostles, he preached, he preached the same good news to them, and he said this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Tell us we need to repent of our sins, we need to change our life, and give our life to Him. Let Jesus change and transform us, and stay committed to Him. Allow the Gospel to be the central part of our existence. Let it be the central part of our existence. The second thing that we can do, that we need to do in our lives, is center our lives around the gospel. So number one, have we responded to the gospel? Number two, center our lives around the gospel. Your life, live your life gospel-centered. Center your, your decisions and your daily life and your walk around the gospel. Our lives are lived and identified by the fact that Jesus saved us, and we are a new and living creation because of that. We should be Holy Spirit-led in the way that we live our lives. And that means that we have gospel-centered relationships in our lives. We have friends in our circle of influence who are believers and those who are unbelievers. We should be influencing the non-believers, not them influencing us in our lives. I, we, have friends around us who want us to participate in sinful decisions, right? Because that's the reality, is, is we should not be wholly surrounded by just believers. We should be surrounded by people who are not believers, because that is where the true ministry happens. We rub shoulders with people who do not know Christ, 
we have the opportunity to be a witness to them, to share the gospel with them, to live out the true faith in front of them. But the reality is there's going to be times they ask us to participate in things that, that are not, uh, that are sinful and things that we know we shouldn't do. And that is where we have the greatest opportunity to witness and say, you know what, I'm going to choose not to do that. And this is why. I don't want to do that. Why? Because I haven't changed life. Or maybe it's things you've done in the past. And there are individuals you hung out with before you knew Christ. And you say, you know what? Even though I did that before, I don't. Why? Because I've been redeemed. I've been made new. Because of what Christ has done in my life. I have centered my life around the gospel. And the third thing we do is we live out the gospel. How does that happen? It happens through attending church, through being a part of our community, through being community with other believers, through fellowship, through discipleship, through growing in your faith. Jesus didn't die for us to just attend church once a week. We must live the gospel out each and every day of our lives. There are many well-meaning people out there who just go to church once a week and they don't live the gospel out. Sunday morning is church. And that's all it is. Paul hammers this throughout the whole book of Galatians. and says that it's more than just that. And we're going to see that throughout the series and as we go throughout the book of Galatians. The gospel is more than just this time that we are gathered together here as a body of believers in the congregation here. Living the gospel also includes us coming to God when we mess up. Even if we mess up and, and we commit sin, the gospel is there for us to come back to God in repentance and to be restored to Him by His love. We live the gospel by asking God to forgive us daily of our sins, to keep us close to Him in times of need, even after we fail at times. Living out the gospel. Worship team, you can come back up at this point. So it's about responding to the gospel. It's about centering our lives around the gospel. And it's about living out the gospel. And if we do those three things, if we respond to the gospel, if we center our lives around the gospel, and we live out the gospel, it will be very hard for us to be pulled away from the gospel. And that's what Paul is encouraging the Galatian church here, he's saying that the more involved you are, the more invested you are, the, the deeper rooted we are in our faith, the more difficult it is for us to be pulled away from our faith. Right? It's like the more invested you are in a relationship with someone, the harder it is for you to be pulled away from that relationship. The same it is in our faith with Jesus. The same it is in, in, our, in our relationship with Him. The more deeply rooted we are, the harder it is for us to be pulled away from you. Now, that's what, that's what we're being reminded here. Are we gospel-centered? What, what is our life centered around? What does your life look like? I'm not talking about this morning. I'm not talking about during a community group. I'm not talking about Wednesday night or, or whatever that time may be that you're surrounded by, by, by your comfortable group of friends inside that, that bubble that you have. I'm talking about the rest of the time. What does your life look like? At your workplace? At your home? In your quiet time when no one else can see you? What does your life 
look like? Is it centered around the gospel? Because if it's not, those are the moments where it's easy for us to get pulled away. Where it's easy for us to start getting drawn off into some other type of false teaching, some other type of, of gospel. And that's what Paul is saying. Be careful. Be 